Hello and welcome to the Folklore Podcast. I'm Mark Norman, folklore researcher and author. We are probably all familiar with the form of folk song known generally either as the lullaby or sometimes cradle song. They're found all over the world in many forms. Many of us might have vague recollections of being sung to in that way when we were children. And some will have more recent memories, perhaps, of singing them to our children or grandchildren. The purpose of the lullaby is not as rigidly fixed as you might think, but is rather more culturally variable. Although they are frequently used as a means of trying to settle small children to sleep, or to calm them down, the lullaby might also be used as a teaching aid, a way of aiding children to communicate, and sometimes, like other folk songs, as a way of recording and passing down traditions and beliefs within a culture. As with many things found in folklore, the etymology of the term lullaby is not certain. It has been put forward by some people that the term comes from the Hebrew, and more specifically from the phrase Lilith Abi, meaning Lilith be gone. Now, if you listened to the episode of the Folklore Podcast on Incubus and Succubus law, you will be familiar with Lilith from Jewish traditions, where she was a demon who sought to steal children's souls as they slept. Amulets would be used as a form of magical protection against this, and these would be inscribed with the words Lilith Abai. We cannot be certain if this is the root of the word, however. We find the act of singing lullabies as a means of inducing sleep in many cultures. This is often paired with the rocking of a child. The rhythmic movement would match the naturally repetitive rhythmic metre of the lullaby song form. So, the lullaby seems like a very calming song, which by its composition it usually is. But the content is not always as calming and sometimes it seems as if the child would be more likely to be up all night having nightmares than dropping off into a restful sleep. Thinking about the rocking, of course, there is a very well-known Western lullaby which hints at the darker side of the form. Podcast listener David Ritchie also told me on social media that he remembered his grandmother singing hymn songs at bedtime which were also less than friendly. Cruel Auntie Bella won't let me in, the snow is falling and my shoes are thin. In another, called Flannel Feet, he had to repeat the words below the bed after each line. Why do I wee below the bed? For flannel feet below the bed. He's upper close below the bed in Bouverie Street 
below the bed. He has a knife to take my life. That's why I weep for flannel feet. I imagine that the added repetition lines were probably meant to instil a feeling of being scared that the monster lurked under the bed, a common childhood nighttime fear. All of this makes me wonder whether David's grandmother didn't have a somewhat dark sense of humour. I will aim to put something about the origins and details of Flannelfoot up on the podcast Patreon page as bonus content for patrons. To find out more about supporting the podcast via Patreon for as little as a dollar a month and getting extra content, please listen to the credits at the end of this episode. Plenty of other countries around the world have very dark lullabies. Iceland is well known for its dark folklore characters. We heard about those associated with Christmas in the Yule episode in Season 1. Lullabies are no exception. Professor Carolyn Larrington noted one in response to my tweet on this episode, which translated as Sleep, you black-eyed pig, fall into a deep pit of ghosts. Another, which parallels the approaching horror idea noted by David Ritchie, says My little friend, I lull thee to rest, but outside a face looms at the window. traditional song Lelo Lidung, sung on Java, tells that crying children are hunted by a frightening giant, and is used to try and encourage children to calm and rest, and not to cry. Here's a bit of that one. On Haiti, a crab eats you while your parents are away from the house. In Spain, it's a monster that changes shape, and so on. It is a wonder 
that any of us got any rest at all. Of course, lullabies are not known especially for being dark songs. Some cultures, in fact, classify them as a type of work song. Earlier in the year, delegates at the Folklore Society Conference on Rural Life heard a talk all about this from the point of view of Armenian researcher Hasmik Matakyan. She explained that in the Armenian mentality, there is a stereotype that rocking a child is the duty of mothers, that it is their work. It is in this sense, therefore, that a lullaby can be defined as a work song, as well as the fact that women will tend to knit or do some other work whilst singing. Hasmik is a postgraduate student at Shirak State University, looking at the areas of linguo-folkloristics and text interpretation, and she also teaches English in the Armenian State University of Economics. She kindly gave permission for her talk to be broadcast on the Folklore Podcast, so we can listen to that now. The lullaby song has been the object of study of researchers, musicologists, psychotherapists, folklorists. The present paper looks at the lullaby as a song text, as a type of unique text. In this context, the term work is used with its complete lexical meaning. Physical or mental effort or activity directed toward the production or accomplishment of something, such effort or activity by which one makes a living. Unsurprisingly, the work of mothers in nurseries is great. Stage by stage, they come across different experiences. Among them, we would like to mention to single out the way they put their children to sleep. Lullaby as a sleep-inducing song is the best medicine for the sleeping child and for the singer as well. It's necessary to distinguish the very different methods by which mothers put children to sleep. They carry out serious and aimful work. They make connection for physical and mental. Very often, physical actions are interwoven. Caregivers rock the cradle and simultaneously produce a type of lullaby text or a piece of melodic text that brings sleep. A pregnant woman is still regarded as a very special person in society. In the Armenian mentality, there is a saying that pregnancy is mother's work. It's the best work which provides the continuity of generations. That work deserves great appreciation and attention. Until recently, delivering the child was widely regarded as woman's work especially in rural areas, where the event revolved around the local midwife, a character who was both respected. Not only was the encyclopedia of local birth lore, but she was an expert in folk medicine and other skills, many of which were believed to be magical by country folk. The performance of singing a lullaby is accompanied by certain movements, rocking the cradle in particular. Both in Armenian and English lingua culture, singing a lullaby song and rocking the child has something in common. In essence, rocking becomes the fundamental part and parcel of producing a lullaby text, as I already mentioned in my speech. Carolina Tatevosian from Chirac region, a narrator, knows that her children have been smart and there has been no need of rocking them. I haven't sung a lullaby or nanik. Nanik is the word for lullaby. My children have been discreet and quiet. I haven't rocked them and haven't sung a lullaby song. 
As we noticed from the narrator's quotes, the lack of action rocking the child leads to the lack of producing a lullaby text. The etymological and lexical survey of the words rockaby, synonym for lullaby, and the Armenian equivalent ororotayim, show that a bedtime song for children is sometimes accompanied and mostly accompanied by rocking. It is the greatest break. The word rockaby in English can be broken into two parts, rock and abai. Etymologically speaking, the word rock, meaning to move a child gently to and fro, most likely gets its name from similar Swedish German words. In the same way, the word lullaby contains the meaning of rocking. The German and Sanskrit words lalen and loladi mean to rock, fro, move to and fro. The French equivalent to the term rockaby pursue come from old French Persian meaning to rock a child in a cradle. And the etymological survey shows that the woman who rocks an infant is also called Perseus. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know how to pronounce it in French. Uh, uh, maybe it's Perseus, how it's called. The lullaby as a text has various purposes and destinations. At first glance, this seems somehow extraordinary because uh, the main function of a lullaby song is to provide the child sleep. Sleeping function. The functions of lullabies are not limited. We'd like to single out some of its vital functions. These two functions, peaceful function, informative function, there are so many functions. These two functions are mutually related. Firstly, if the child is not restful and calm, <coughs> sleep doesn't guide him or her. Secondly, each utterance must convey meaning. Even meaningless sounds produce meanings. And eventually, the classical lullaby text passes down the historical and collective memory of the nation. Lullaby is a specific type of children-oriented text. is sung especially by traditional lullaby singers. By saying traditional lullaby singers, we mean mothers, grannies, nannies, and in specific cases, fathers also sing lullabies. Uh, in principle, at least singing could see the physical burdens of caregiving and foster feelings of emotional well-being as it does for laborers everywhere. If caring for infants is the caregiver's works and singing a lullaby song as a part of that work, then lullabies can be considered as work songs. By producing and uttering texts with important values as workies, caregivers can pass down the information of working, that work is power just from the cradle. It begins, uh, uh, that type of bringing must begin just from the cradle. We know that music is an incredibly powerful force and it works no matter what emotional situation we are. It's the best therapy, we think, and it's uh, scientific uh, proof. It's worth mentioning the term folk medicine suggested by David Hufford. Folk medicine offer, refers to those health-related beliefs and practices that have a traditional existence. For purposes of lullaby as a work song, we use the term folk medicine in its broadest application. In addition to work songs, which are sung during work, folklorists recognize a related category generally called occupational songs. 
and work sounds are sound for two reasons, according to some folklorists. To coordinate the labor of a group of people working together or to relieve the boredom of tedious job which improves the lives of workers. Narrator Kerine Ayvazyan from Armenia, Shirak region, was trying to find boundaries between lullaby songs and work songs. Our grandmothers have sung different types of songs for putting their children to sleep. They have worked a lot and haven't had time to pay attention to the genre of songs. It doesn't matter whether it's a lullaby or a specific type of work song. The song for bedtime sleeping must be quiet, easy, and repetitive, which, create, which must create a trance environment just for the lullaby singer and for the child. Any kind of song sung during work time may serve as a lullaby, and on the contrary. There is an intergeneric relation between work and sleep. We have many proverbs which say, sleep comes easier and better after having hard work. Work if you want to have a soft pillow. On the basis of qualitative study of 100 Armenian lullaby singing parents, this article explores the caregiver's potential of both caring the child and doing work simultaneously. Mothers easily express themselves and get in contact with the small child. Besides, lullaby singing becomes an important part, and part of parent-child relationship through which the child learns about the factor of work. It's common knowledge that lullabies have a clear and deep message. The most dominant themes include love, care. The lullaby singer's personal behavior forms the child. It doesn't matter whether he or she understands the meaning of lullaby text. It is stamped on his or her consciousness, and that work is part and parcel of humankind. Let's quote a lullaby text taken from Armenian sources. Sleep, my little child, sleep, save your mothers from daily work. Introducing the working heritage of our nations is an important parental task. Uh, we have questioned about, uh, as I mentioned, 100 women in Armenia from different regions, especially about lullaby songs and work songs, and asked them uh, to mention the differences and what they have in common, what they see. Most of them give the following points. Lullaby songs and work songs uh, are love songs. They are praised songs. Lullaby song is a song which is uh, child-oriented. The audience of a lullaby song is the child. But in case of work song, there is zero audience. It is the nature, or uh, here we can mention the term text adaptation. That is to say, the lullaby, uh, the uh, worker who works may uh, choose any kind of text which uh, may produce or uh, express her emotions, her feelings. Even the day when uh, she is living may have its great impact on the producing uh, lullaby text. Uh, one of the, the narrators mentioned that uh, work songs are awakening songs. For example, when a mother or a worker um, is working, she must be awake. And lullabies are, on the contrary, sleeping songs. 
Their main function is to put the child to sleep. Unlike lullabies, work songs are awakening songs. But for example, in uh, the Armenian mentality, uh, there are there is a stereotype that uh, lullaby mustn't be only a sleeping song. It must be an awakening song. For example, we have many personages mentioned persons uh, personages mentioned in lullaby texts. Uh, for example, the lao is the child in the cradle who must be awake. Here, the speech is not about the physical awakeness. It's about the awakeness of his mind. I'd like to quote the ideas on lullabies uh, recorded by Magda Persik. Uh, she is from Poland. Lullabies give children peace. They feel safe and maybe the influence of the mother's voice and the tune itself. Sometimes I didn't have to sing a lullaby. Instead, I turned on a hairdryer or a vacuum cleaner. Maybe their sounds recall them. <laughs> I sang not energetic sound, but rather peaceful ones. Lullaby is a part of work because there are other duties with your child and house. So you have to have a support. Uh, to sum up, I'd like to mention that uh, lullabies as work songs, as a specific type of uh, children-oriented song, it's an open song. That is to say, any kind of song must convey information and its space is so large that it can serve as a lullaby. It must be rhythmic, it must be a trance text uh, which may convey some kind of deep meaning. Thanks to Hasmik for allowing me to record her talk for the podcast, and thanks as always to all of you for listening. We strive to continue to make the Folklore podcast as often as possible, and to ensure that it stays free to listen to. This can only happen with your generous support, so if you feel inclined, you can press the donate button on the folklorepodcast.com at any time, or listen to the end credits for details on Patreon support and more. And, if you don't already, please follow our Facebook page and the Folklore Podcast discussion group, and also on Twitter, at Folklore Pod. There will be some announcements very soon on changes to our Patreon reward program, which are going to bring you even more additional audio and other content. Thanks for listening. See you next time. The Folklore Podcast is written and presented by me, Mark Norman. To find out more about my research and writing, visit www.facebook.com slash marknormanfolklore or on Twitter with the handle at Mr underscore Mark underscore Norman. Research assistance is provided by Tracy Norman. Visit her website at www.tracynormanswitch.com to follow her historical research and projects. The Folklore Podcast will always be free to listen to and tries to avoid annoying advertising or sponsorship messages, but it cannot sustain itself. We are grateful for the support of all of our patrons who, for as little as $1 a month, earn themselves great rewards whilst ensuring our future. 
For more details, please visit www.patreon.com slash thefolklorepodcast. If you cannot support us in this way, please share the episodes on your social media and leave positive reviews. This really helps the audience for the podcast to grow. Visit www.thefolklorepodcast.com for more episode and guest information, to buy from the web store, or to sign up for free newsletters or get in touch. The Folklore Podcast theme music was written and performed by Gurdy Bird. Thanks for listening. <laughs>